Yes, people, welcome back to part two of this podcast. Again, this is just a little intro before the actual podcast starts. So I'll not keep you waiting too long. Again, today we're just going to discuss about what happened after this injury. How serious was it? What it ended up leading to? And yeah, I'll not say too much else. I hope you enjoy this episode of Process the Podcast. So anyway, the story continues. Uh, get off the pitch, look at my ankle, and it's huge, like instantly huge. I'm like, this is not good. Like, this could be really bad. Don't know how bad because I've never really had a well. I had a, an ankle injury the season before, which felt really bad at the time. But I was thinking, oh, it could just be a similar thing to that. Um, the pain felt similar, but probably a little bit more painful. Similar sensation, so I was thinking, I don't know what's happened here. Uh, I instantly go and get an extra on it, obviously, because the club like Morton doesn't have the funds like Newcastle, so I can't go and get an MRI scan straight away and get the results. So x-ray was the first best choice. Got an x-ray, nothing on it. Obviously, it was no bone. I, I knew it was not going to be a, a bone-related injury. Went, got that done, and then... The club were just like, look, we're just going to rehab it as if it's the same ankle injury as last season. I was a little bit like, it's a, it feels a bit worse than that. But like, I trusted the physio, I trusted the club, and then we just dealt with that that way. Still try to push for an MRI, so I had to go just through the normal NHS to get an MRI. I rang them up um, and then just rehabbed it as normal for about six weeks. Didn't get any better whatsoever. I was thinking like when, when something needs to happen here. I was telling the physio, I was telling the gaffer, like I need to push to try and get a scan. So luckily, the physio knew someone who could organise an MRI scan with me. So got an MRI scan. Uh, so it's six weeks after my injury was actually originally injury originally, originally happened. Got an MRI scan. Uh, got the results back, and they pretty much said, "Look, you have." completely torn three of your lateral ankle ligaments and you have partially torn your perineal tendon which is like the tendon that runs up by the side of like, pretty much the lower part of your shin on the back of your ankle completely torn that and then there's also some cartilage damage as well and i was like well that sounds great uh, <laughs> i just i remember going into the meeting with the with the physio at the at the hospital and just thinking like my head was gone. Like I had to try and keep my head for the six weeks prior. Obviously, when I first on the injury, I was just it was so frustrating watching the other lads do the preseason. Like the other keeper was obviously playing week in week out because there was no other goalkeeper. I'd done well to keep my head. I was just focusing on my gym work, focusing on my rehab, trying to get as fit as possible on the bike. So I was hammering out bikes because that still didn't really cause me too much pain after about two weeks. Once the the pain kind of calmed down. But there was still swelling there. It was still black and blue, blue. So I just focused on my gym work, focused on what I could control, which is something that I would always believe in. You just control what you can control, uh, which is the same way I looked out, looked about it when I was injured at Newcastle with my knee for so long. Just come in day by day and just focus on what you can control, which is working hard and recovering well. So I was doing that. Same thing. I'd been through long-term injuries before, so I was thinking, like, a few weeks is going to be nothing so I do that and then to get told this I just felt like crying like literally I just surrendered. the worst part was as well so my girlfriend we, we stayed together even when I went away she had actually found a job up in Scotland 
Um, she was a nurse, so she just qualified. She got her first job in Scotland. We moved up. We got a flat together. She had a, new, a first nursing job, perfect job that she wanted. Everything was going, they looked to be going all right. And she just moved out. She hadn't even started a new job yet. And I had this ankle injury. And I was thinking, what the hell? What's what's going to happen here? What's the club going to do? I was just thinking, they're going to get rid of me or what they're going to do. So, uh, obviously, I tell the coach, tell the manager what's happened. The physio obviously knows. Um, I'm saying to them, look, I'll pay for the operation. Obviously, it's not the same as being in your castle again. You don't have the injury insurance, so you don't just get the, an operation straight away. Um, so I was like, look, I'll just pay for the operation. I don't care how much it is. I had savings from when I was in Newcastle. I'll just pay for it. And then if the club would be kind enough to like help me down the line, that's absolutely fine. But I'll pay for it, get it done. I want it done privately, done straight away. Anyway, don't hear anything back from the club for about a week. I keep trying to get in touch with the director, the manager. Don't hear anything back. Um, and then the gaffer just says, look, just have a few days, go home. And just have a few days to yourself while we try and sort stuff out. Um, anyway, I was like, no, I want to stay. I want to come and watch the lads train. I want to come and be part of the club still. Um, and like I said, I'll just pay for the operation and get it done. But anyway, he tells me to still go away, go back and see my family, stay at home. Uh, I stay up in Scotland anyway, just because I said I wanted to. And then on the Monday, the director rang me and said, will you come into the club? Uh, just we just want to chat with you about things so I was like right they're going to get an operation date sorted it'd been a week since my MRI scan results so they might have organised one or something so I go in and then the director pulls me and just says look we don't see a future with you at this club anymore not going into too much detail like I think the best thing for you would just be go home get your rehab done get everything sorted uh, and then you can get yourself back fit um, and I'm just like oh in my head, I'm, I didn't know what to say. I just, I didn't really say, I'd say, all right, okay, I'll just go away and think about it. Left, um, went and supported my girlfriend, around my dad, um, decided what to do. Just didn't, I was just confused, shocked, loads of emotions. My girlfriend just moved up, um, moved my life, moved away from my family, and then I just, I'm back to square one, injured, absolutely lost my head so I, I just said to them because I didn't really want to go back into the club because my mind wasn't there especially after what they said and I just said look fine we'll call it a day there contract was cut up um, all I asked is will you still help me out with my rent because I'm going to have my operation up here um, oh yeah sorry I forgot them. the club obviously offered to pay for my operation to agree that I would leave the club so they were paid for that I left the club Left, got my operation date, which was about two weeks after I left the club. Uh, that was the quickest they could get it done. Uh, so decided to book a trip to Ibiza for four days because I absolutely lost my head, which was the, a terrible mistake. My mind was just not thinking clearly. I was just thinking I need to get away and just forget about life for a bit. So with some a lot of my savings that I had saved up, I just paid for me and my girlfriend to get away wasn't a smart choice at the time I wasn't thinking while I was away I did not enjoy any moment of it I just I remember we, me and my girlfriend were just sitting <clears throat> sitting on the beach one night and I just broke down into tears I just didn't know what to like I contemplated everything um, 
I remember the following morning after that night writing in my diary. So I started my morning journal, which is I write three things that I'm grateful for. And then just a little something that I feel like saying. Started that about, I started that when I had that period when I left, well, left the non-league team and stopped playing football for a bit. Started then just to try and help uh, with my mental health. Um, I heard it from the Modern Wisdom podcast by Chris Will. Heard it from him. He done the six minute diary, so I started doing it. Uh, I started doing my own journal. So yeah, I was. It was the morning after that night. I wrote down. I just remember writing down. Like, this is not what I'm meant to do. I'm like, this is not me. I'm not the type of person to go out and just drink, get hammered, forget about life. Like that's not me. I'm better than that. And I, I, I know this isn't me. So there was something I, was, I just didn't know where I was. I wasn't in, my, in the right headspace. Um, I wrote that down. I've still got that diary. Wrote a few things down. Just needed to clear my head. But in a way, I was glad that I went away and did what I did and spent too much money and drank too much and lost my head because it was kind of... I felt like that was when the the switch flipped after that moment. So went away, wasn't in the right headspace, came back, had my operation done a few days later. Operation went fine. Then me and my girlfriend were still living up there. So she was due to start her proper new job in October but they actually rang her a month earlier asking her to start early obviously I just had my operation in August so it was August 22nd 2019 my operation was she was just working just a like a community nurse going around different parts of Glasgow um, some not very nice parts which I didn't realise how bad they were until we drove past some of them some of the places um, she was working Mad hours because I couldn't work. I had no income. Only income I had was my rent money. Um, so she was working crazy. We had the decision either to stay up there for good. So I was staying up there obviously until I got to the point where I could functionally move around, drive a car and stuff and help out moving stuff back home. We had the choice to stay up there or move back home as soon as I was able to. Um, and then obviously her job in Scotland runger saying look this is what's like we're ready to take you in whenever you are ready um she was just waiting to be cleared with her pin i think it is when nurses get but at the same time she was looking for jobs back home and thank god a job that she wanted back home came up otherwise we would still be living in scotland um not to say that i didn't enjoy the place there's nothing against the place but just wouldn't have been the best thing for us both Luckily, we moved back, she got a job, which was great, and I was left, obviously, with no job whatsoever, no income. I was injured, so I couldn't obviously play football. I was in the mindset, was like, well, I don't know if I'm going to play football again, because of everything that's happened. I've had so many major operations, so I've had like four operations up until then. My ankle injury was really bad, so it was a full ankle reconstruction. I lost all the love for football, absolutely hated it. Do not want to, did not want to watch it whatsoever. It just, it's broken me. Like it's been through so many lows and so many lows. I just didn't want to even think about it. So we moved back home in October. So right at the end of October, we moved back home. I still had a bit of support from a few of the reserve coaches at Morton. So shout out to Derek Anderson and John Sutton, who were great throughout the whole process. 
Um, appreciate your help. But then obviously I moved back, back home in October and I needed a job that I could actually do. So obviously I already had my PT certification uh, and while I was recovering from my injury, I was putting loads of content out on Instagram, just literally just me going to the gym. So I remember going to this gym in in Greenock where I was still obviously allowed to use the gyms for free. Morton had something to do with the Inverclyde um, gym leisure centres, so I was able to still use the gyms while I was up there for free. So luckily I had no gym membership, so... My girlfriend would drop me off at the gym or she'd come in with me and I'd be in my crutches and just going around using all the seated machines or whatever I could. She'd pick up dumbbells and put them in my hand and whatever. So the gym was one thing that kept me mentally mentally sane. That was the one thing I looked forward to every single day. So I'd do gym every single day. Obviously do my little rehab exercises, which I could do. Uh, even if I was in my boot or on my crutches, I remember it was like a week after my, not even a week, it was five days after my operation. I was like, I need to get to the gym. And my girlfriend, because she's been in there, she just did not want me to go in because she knows my stitches could come out. Anything could happen. My fuck, my ankle could swell up. I could fall over. But I was just like, nah, I'm fine. Get me to the gym. Which was probably not clever at the time, but nothing bad happened. Um, So I was at the gym every day, filming clips of me training, putting stuff on Instagram. Started putting more and more content out, informative content, exercises. So I was doing all that. And skipping, obviously, back to moving home. I applied for a job while I was in Scotland at the gym group and I got the job straight away. It was a brand new gym in the West End of Glasgow. So I had that if we did stay up there. But I also applied for a few jobs back home and the first job that I got offered, well, for an interview was Nuffield Health in Gosforth. So never ever had a proper gym interview before until obviously the gym group one, which was just a general chat, but the Nuffield Health one was like a three-part interview so there was about 11 people going for two positions i think and uh, the first stage was a group activity so we'd be in pairs and we were given uh, an example example client they had certain issues certain things they wanted to achieve and we had to pretty much just do a brief program for them the second part was we had to present a example circuit session so for one of the classes we just had to present one of them in groups of six and the last one was a one, uh, just an individual activity um, where we had to feedback somebody's health MOT results, which is something that only Nuffield Health do, which is just a general health check, cholesterol, blood pressure, blood glucose, BMI, etc., etc. So we had to present someone's results back to the assessor. So I've done that. I managed. I got the job. Found out a few days later, I got the job. So this is my first PT job. I needed a job where I was going to get some form of income straight away. So I started that the 2nd of December. That was my first proper PT experience. I remember my first day at Nuffield. Um, I had, well, I'd never done a class or anything before in my life. The closest that I came to doing a class was um, helping out with my dad's football team in Scotland, obviously Creedon himself. I did a session for their under 18s, an SNC session, which is just a bit of upper body, a bit of core, um, mobility stuff. That was the only experience that I'd had. And then my first day, um, the gym manager was like, look, I'm going to be covering this class, but I can't anymore. Are you okay doing it? So I'm like, yeah, yeah, it's fine. I don't mind. I'm, I'm quite positive in terms of stuff like that. So I'll go in, start the class. 
the speaker wouldn't work. I did not know how to use the speaker, and the gym manager didn't know how to use the speaker. And, and then they didn't realize until right at the end that it, you could use Bluetooth speaker. It was very simple. You press a button, click on your phone, Bluetooth connect. So I had no music for a forty-five minute hit session, which was great. That was my first class experience, and then my second class experience was half an hour later. I had a legs, bums, and tums class, and the speaker was working and then shut off. So that was great, but. It could only get better from there. But anyway, that was my first day at Nuffield Health and I've been there ever since and I'm enjoying it there. It's completely different. It's longer hours, obviously, being a personal trainer compared to what I'm used to. The transition from professional footballer to real-life work is ridiculous. It's a completely different life. So I understand how a lot of people... A lot of sorry, a lot of footballers do struggle with mental health, depression, transitioning out of football, transitioning through injuries, um, and coming back from them. So I've not to like talk about myself, but I've been through a lot of stuff like that. Um, and you do get you do come out of it stronger at the end. Like I'm thankful for everything that's happened, all the bad things that have happened from the injuries, from the breakup, from the moving away, from the other injuries, for the the not looking but not wanting to wake up in the morning going away on a holiday spending loads of money making big mistakes uh, contemplating not being here all that stuff I've been there so it's kind of made me into the person I am today and I am grateful for everything I'm grateful for my family that have took care of me the whole time grateful for my girlfriend who supported me massively through all of this all the coaches and all the members of staff who in the I've been through for football who have supported me uh, and obviously my closest friends as well they've been massive through it all so if you are someone who is struggling through a stage of mental health where you you don't want to be here um, you, you're not enjoying life anymore just make sure you've got a good support network around you because you will get through it and the best thing to do is talk about it so I didn't really talk about it a lot especially when I was in Newcastle there was probably only one friend which I really opened up to about it but that one friend was still really close now we don't really speak loads now but when we do we're just it's like back to normal pretty much we can talk about anything but i've started to learn to open up and there's one of my other very close friends who i've opened up to quite a bit more recently about it and it's so much better when you do so this is one of the reasons i wanted to use this platform to put a word out about that just to show that if you are going through something like that, you are not the only person who is going through it. Not to say that you need to toughen up and get on with it. Just you're allowed to be down. Like There's nothing wrong with having days where you don't want to get up and you just want to go out and lose your head and forget about the world. But the best thing is to just keep on going. Talk to people about it. Stay close with friend, like friends and family. And do not isolate yourself. There's nothing wrong with it. Just just express how you're feeling. That's all I just want to say. But if you do want me to delve in a little bit more about mental health, then drop me a message, leave a little review or something on this podcast, and I will talk a little bit more about it. I want to try and get guests on who I know have struggled with it in the past. Uh, just people who, just to try and spread the word, I just want people to talk about it a bit more. Because I don't think, even though it's becoming a little bit more aware, especially in football, the mental health side of injuries, the mental health side of coming out of the game into real life, I still don't think there's enough being done. And I hope my story, even though it's not really like 
that dramatic. It's been there's been ups and downs, but there's people who have been through a lot worse than me. But I just thought that my story kind of spreads awareness. And if you can share this with a friend, with a family member, uh, on social media just to try and spread the word, be massively appreciated. And if there's anybody who who needs someone to talk to, drop me a message and I'll talk to anybody. I don't mind. I'll give someone a phone call if they need it. It doesn't bother me. So I feel like I've covered nearly everything that I wanted to in this. So you've heard about my ups and downs, my transition from professional football, from the top of my game to a few lows and then a few more lows and then a big low. And now I'm picking myself back up, but taking it to the present day, like I said, I'm a personal trainer at Nuffield Health, enjoying my time there at the minute. Obviously, we're in a lockdown at the minute, so I haven't been there for about eight weeks now. I started my YouTube channel in January, so actually on January 1st, I put my first video out, which is something I've always been passionate about, always been interested in YouTube content. used to watch people, I remember back in the day when I was about 16, 17, started getting into fitness, the likes of Christian Guzman. Mike Rashid, Simeon Panda, Matt August, I'm trying to think, Jeff Side, all the OGs of YouTube. I remember sitting watching them in college um, when I was at Newcastle, when I was like 16, 17. People think, what are you watching that for? I was like, oh, I just don't know. Everyone used to think I was a freak. But now that I'm actually starting and pursuing my passion, it's it means a lot. And then in terms of football-wise, so... A little bit of a story about me trying to get, <laughs> not trying to redeem my career, but I decided that I would give football a shot, but not really to pursue the professional career, but to pursue it in my own enjoyment. So I kind of miss, I do miss football in a sense, but I know that my passion for what I'm doing now is a lot more than it ever was for football. I just used to love being an athlete more than the game itself. I used to love playing it. I used to love the the team aspect of it. I used to love the feeling of winning and um, that feeling after a game or that feeling when you make a good save or score a goal. There's nothing better than that feeling. So I missed that. So I decided um, once I rehabbed my own ankle, uh, yes, I rehabbed my own ankle. I had two physio trips I had one physio trip down to St. George's Park for a week, which was massively helpful. Shout out to all the guys there at Game Game Changer Performance. And then I also had my physio up here uh, at Fit Gosforth. Oh, he's called Fit Physio, Carl. Uh, Carl Bell. So shout out to Carl if you're in Newcastle area. Get your physio off him. He helped me out as well. I've done two, two sessions with him just to make sure my ankle was fine, but I reha- rehabbed it all myself. Um, and it feels pretty decent so I decided to start playing in the Northern League with Taolo so my dad is also coached there and my brother also plays there and a few of my mates play there as well again complete different level to what I've done in the past but I was like you know what I want to see if I can enjoy the game again so I started training with them once or twice a week and then I was set to play my first game a week before lockdown the floodlights went off while we were warming up the game got rearranged, rearranged, rearranged to Wednesday. That got called off because of the weather, and then it got rearranged to the Saturday, and then on the Friday, all football got cancelled because of coronavirus. So I don't know if it's a sign or it's just really bad luck. But I'm yet to play a football game, and it has been about a year since my last game. So we'll see. I do 
the kind of more that I have time I have away from it, the more I do miss it, and I miss the aspect of the training and the building up to games, and the team aspect, and like I said, the winning afterwards, that feeling. Um, I kind of kind of miss that feeling because I've I felt like I never really reached my full potential in football and experienced everything I wanted to experience. I never had a experience of when like going through a cup run, um, a, apart from when I was like really little. Um, in that Rome tournament when I was like twelve, that's my only really big cup final that I've I've been involved in. So I just feel like there's some things in football that I want to still achieve, and I know I'm capable of. I could probably, if I really put my mind to it, and was very fortunate with injuries, get to a certain level. But my passion for fitness has taken over. My passion for this YouTube, now my podcast, which I want to really put a lot a lot of effort into because I feel. I can just ramble for ages once I get into the zone and I enjoy doing it. I enjoy talking to people and learning about their life and their experiences. So yeah, I feel like I just rambled a lot for the last half an hour of this podcast, but I hope you enjoyed my story. If you want me to dive into a few more things in terms of what it was like actually as a professional footballer at a Premier League team, if you'd like me to dive into a little bit more about that, let me know. If you want me to dive into a bit more about my transition um, and how I found it mentally any tips on being a personal trainer training, nutrition, all that kind of stuff I don't mind talking about that but I am set to get a few people on the podcast as well I just need to learn how to record podcasts on Skype and Zoom or whatever I just need to learn so be trying to up the game I'm going to try and put as much YouTube content out as I can I enjoy doing it I'll try and make the most of this lockdown period and I'm trying to push my online coaching business as well. So if you do want to work with me, nutrition uh, and training programs online, it's not just me giving you the program and you cracking on with it and then that's it. We check in every single week. Um, I track your progress. I make sure I'm quite, I want the best for you kind of thing. So I want to make sure that you are achieving the goal that you want and not just wasting a bit of money on a program and then sacking it off so it's more than just the program it's actually building a relationship with myself between me and you so if you're interested drop me a message on instagram my email will be on there as well check out my youtube subscribe to the podcast if you haven't already if you did enjoy this video and you would like to give me a five-star review now i mean i've only put two podcasts out but you could still give me a five-star review leave a little comment about what you think uh, and if there's anything that you want to see in the future just a final little reminder if you are suffering or if you've been through any sort of downfall any tough patch in life that is light at the end of the tunnel even if it takes six months even if it takes a year things do get better and just learn from the experience uh, the experiences that I've been through have taught me to just do stuff just don't leave anything behind. Just keep working day by day, even if you don't feel like it. Just do what you can do and control what you can control. And don't get too frustrated on things if they don't go well. Because there will be things down the line that do go well for you. And then things will start happening. But yeah, that's pretty much it. I think it's been a good one. It's been a long one. My throat's getting dry. My monster's being drunk. I'm going to go and chill chill out for a little bit eat some food because i haven't ate enough and get some sleep and rest but it's been a good one this has been 
process, a little bit of story about myself and my journey and my process. Hope you enjoyed it. Over and out.